I'm recording. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever wonder how many animals you would have to eat of a certain animal to not starve? Wait, what do you mean? We, well, you mean for example, over the course if, of my lifetime, I've consumed many animals. Yeah, but I'm talking like day to day, right? So let's say you're on an island, right? Mm-hmm. And the only thing on the island was, I don't know, cockroaches or pill bugs or something like that, right? Oh my God. So how many pill bugs would you have to eat in a day in order for you not to starve to death, right? Oh, hundreds. I mean, I know that there's probably an easy calculation. We could probably find out what the caloric value of a pill a bug pill would bug, be. Yeah. And then there, estimate there are how people many... who live that way, though. Yeah, I know, but they don't have scientists estimating what the what the uh, what the nutritional value is of a certain item, right? So if you wound up on an island and all you could eat were limpets, you know, those little half mollusky things, you'd have to probably eat a shit ton of them. Yeah, and I but don't it, am- it, I don't think it would be enough to keep you alive if it was just that. No. You'd have to find some sort of some some type of vegetation. Um, you would have to find yeah. some sea life. Um, you would have to find. I mean, what um, you? But you wouldn't. Oh my god! I can't because eat, you yeah. also need to get a certain amount of fat in your diet in order to correct correctly digest protein. You need some fat. Have you ever heard of rabbit starvation? Yeah, they're so lean, yeah. and, or well, deer starvation too, because there's no there's like almost no fat in deer. There's almost no fat in it, which is why you eat some of the, you know the liver. You'll eat the liver, right? You'll find the the fat parts mm, of the animal. <laughs> right. But could you could you live well no you like I, I think I think I, I went through this a long time ago is that you you do need small amounts of sugar every day to live. You need yeah some carbohydrates. You, survi- there, survival I mean is like what nine grams of sugar I think. Is it really? I didn't know it was that little. Yeah you don't yeah, honestly I, I, I as far as I know it's really not that many. Well your it's, brain uh, needs glucose. Yeah. Okay. And that's why we're really good at converting harder carbs, you know, um, starches and things like that, into glucose so that we can otherwise, you know, yeah. someone who just... That's why decides... you can't be a, medita- a meditarian. Like, you, you, <laughs> you, you have to get some carbohydrates a, from or somewhere. Or a fruititarian, because people who only eat fruit die, right? Yeah, you, I'm glad Remember those do. two kids that decided, we're going to be homeless and we're just going to eat fruit, and they ate fruit only, and they fucking died. Good. <laughs> You have to eat protein, but I mean, if you were on your own and you didn't have any scientific help and you had to guesstimate how much protein fat was in one pill bug, mm-hmm. and there was There's enough, no fat you kick over every bug. rock, <laughs> tons of pill bugs come crawling out, right? I guess I would start hacking away at the, 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 the fat on my ass, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Stop. Well, no, but I mean, if you were only eating protein, inevitably your body would start to consume the fat on your body anyway, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have to do that. I just, I just like, it, it, oh my god, that's awful. I'm, yeah. It's awful. Think the idea of starving. I mean, I've, I've, I've eaten pretty lean for for a while just yeah. to just so I can I can get off vanity pounds. Yeah. But and and just the the feeling at the end of some days where I would do a full workout and work at work mm-hmm. and I would eat, you know. 200 grams of protein, 20 grams of carbs, and mm-hmm. and you know the rest is fat in a 2,000 calorie diet. Right. That's that that just the feeling that of knowing that my body is taking is is well essentially going into ketosis. It's taking the fat from my body yeah. and adding it to my diet because it's not enough. Right. That feeling that that sort of growling feeling in your stomach when you know that you're hungry mm-hmm. is is kind of sickening. Okay. Yeah. Can be. And so can I can't be. imagine that with either no food or very little food. So pill bugs are a tease. 
I mean, unless you're eating, I, please, I'm at least have a bowl and at least have a fire so you can yeah. char them. You're not eating them alive. No, you're just eating them alive. Why not? <laughs> like by the handful. Just, there's a never-ending, you're on an island that has a never-ending pit full of pill bugs. That yeah. You reach your hand in and it's like, this is the only thing you get to eat. <laughs> Everything else. Yeah, nothing if you try else to eat, Yeah, if you try to eat leaves off a, uh, leaves off a tree, they immediately turn into ash in your hands because it's magical. Or everything is poisonous. Everything is poisonous. It, it starts to give you a rash as soon as you touch it. You know. I can't even oh. make a pillow out of it. Because <laughs> you see on all the survival shows, they'll practically eat anything, right? Yeah. They'll eat a slug or a snail or whatever they can find, they'll eat. Um... And I've always wondered, well, I know that at a certain point, you're so hungry, you don't give a shit what you're eating, right? Yeah, it could I would be probably start eating dirt. could be in front of you, and you would eat it, right? Yeah. I've always wondered, when it comes to hunger, how much of it is not directed from internally. Like, for example, every once in a blue moon, I'll want to eat a shit ton of spinach. That's all I want. I want yeah. spinach. And you want it cooked correctly, like, right? You actually buy the leaves. Spinach. You don't buy yeah. a can a can of spinach like Popeye. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes I'm like, just get spinach in my body. That's all I seem to care about. And I'm wondering, Why is, is that my being directed? <laughs> Are my desires for food directed subconsciously? Or is there something else at work that's not even on a subconscious level that is directed me well, towards the yes. food? Well, yes. The bacteria that, that live inside of your stomach they do actually do have uh, quorum quorum sensing and communication between each other then and they do and mm -hmm. it, I it, I don't remember the name of the study and I'm sure that microblogginism or I was just about Francois to bring it up knows, yeah. but they they do they do manipulate what you want to eat in some right. ways uh, I don't know about the 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 one that was going around the internet for a while uh, called uh, is it candida that's just that's that's that sounds like crap but I do know that my my biochem professor when I first met him he sat down he, actually what's funny is I was sitting there with because I was the same age as the two professors mm. he walks in he's like I'm the new biochem professor I'm like oh all right and he goes where are you teaching I'm like I'm not I'm a student <laughs> and he was telling me how he drank a beer and he needed to work it off before he started class and I'm like Dude, you know that's not how that works you can't walk off a beer and he's like yeah. well, I got two hours so he's a he's joking <laughs> with me already and uh, he was telling me about how they, they do actually manipulate what you want to eat. And that includes whether or not you want to eat strange things or drink alcohol. Right. That, it, that in fact, portions of alcoholism are due to the amounts of sugar and alcohol that you consume being consumed by these bacteria. The bacteria in your As gut. well. I Makes sense. Think, I think, yes. This so. opening question went long. Yeah, it did, but it's nice, though. We haven't done this in a long time. So now we're going to get back to reading Dracula. This whole no, other thing goodbye, has been a joke. No, goodbye. It's show over. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I'm podcast professor Jason Harding. And I am podcast professor Atticus Blake. And on this show, we apply our scientific acumen to a movie that has scientific stuff in it and see if that scientific stuff is bullshit or if it's scientifically sound. Isn't that right, Professor um, Blake? Yeah, sure. I got my Bunsen burner on and my... My volumetric flask. Do you have your... For uh, what reason, I don't know, because that's not probably the one I'd want to use. Scanning electron microscope? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just got one of those right in my... You know, I've used... Well, actually, I have used one. Because I want a full-spectrum analysis. Dude. What? They fill a room, dude. Well, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, what movie are we doing? Mm. We're doing one of my favorites. 
from the past 10 years, Annihilation. Ooh, well, let's prep it and get it on the slide. But in the meantime, we got to do one other thing. Natalie Portman's booty? You want to do... Natalie Portman's booty. Nah. Well, I mean, like I said, like I said last week, she's one of those women who could probably turn, turn a man straight. I don't think they exist. Even but even okay. James makes that joke, <laughs> and he has never touched a pussy. No. Every once, you know, we know a lot and we're super smart, but it turns out sometimes we're not so super smart. And when we're not, we invite our audience members to tell us how not super smart we are. And that segment of the show is called. We were fucking wrong. Okay, so these are comments that were sent in on our last show, Twister. Right, yeah. it was Twister. Yes, it was Twister. Okay. I'm sorry, it was Twister. Right. You're sorry that it was Twister. I, everybody was sorry that it was you Twister. You regret it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in reference to me uh, calling the effect that, that, draws, that, draws, that would draw them out from underneath a bridge or out from the inside of a building, I called yes. it the Coriolis effect, and he said, and uh, Francois Lacombe said, no, 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 that's the Bernoulli principle. He's correct. Thank you. Um, let me see. I'm going to scroll through here. It's, uh, Everybody this hates this the part. They're like, this is the science. most exciting part. Yeah. Um, Thank God I uh, have yes, truncate I, science, silence on my editing. It's called, it's called editing, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Cassandra Brockett, in reference to me not being able to remember the, the words Roku's basilisk for that paradox uh, of the AI taking over the world and you not supporting it, guess what? Uh, she called it, uh, Atticus was suffering from a phenomenon known as, in psychology as the tip of the tongue phenomenon. And yes, it's actually called that. Personally, I would call it aphasia as I have no evidence of brain. Me too. But as I have no evidence of brain damage, though I'm drinking comment could be considered evidence of it. I have evidence for his brain damage. He has, li- he, you know what, Jason has watched me drink a gargantuan amount of alcohol. I have. Uh, I so rarely get to use that word in a sentence. Purple teeth. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he's watched me and my husband get drunk on this podcast and fall asleep on the thing, and he's just like, right, I'll just, I'm just leaving now. I seem to have a lot of friends that do that. I Angus, is, I have Angus not been, does it too. I have huh? not been drinking that much lately. Okay, good. Um, what is the difference between? Uh, well, there's a question, actually, instead, but uh, I have to ask at this point, what is the difference between an infant brain receiving real-world stimulus and an infant brain receiving matrix-world matrix stimulus okay, when the so matrix is, reali- is a reality simulation? What would stop it from more- forming neural pathways, Dr. Smartman? Okay. I think that that he wasn't calling either of us Doctor Smartman. He was no, calling. No. He was calling this. This is from. This is from our our last week's section. Our last well, our last episode section uh, where, where we, we were talking about the mistakes about from the Matrix. Right. Um, and uh, I think he was referring to either Francois or or um, Micro. He might um, have been. How would you be able to tell, honestly? Because it in the in the Matrix itself, it's supposedly so good you can't even tell uh, unless you're a super smart computer nerd. Right. Yeah. You you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between reality, a super good reality, and a no, not a super good reality, just reality and the simulation. Right. Right. And the argument was about neural pathways that need to develop within a maturing brain that would um, normally develop in the real world. You know, baby is born, it develops neural pathways. Um, I think part of it is simply because neural pathways, if you think, you have to think of our nervous system not as just as a brain, but as a system. 
right? Our brains are connected to our nerves that stretch out to our arms and legs and things like that. And if... Now, I don't think anybody, when they're running in the Matrix, they're running in their little jelly pod to keep those muscles up. I don't think that they're, you know... They must be doing something to keep respiration or something up, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That's a good question. Because if it is exactly like the real world and you're developing neural pathways as, as a reaction to the real world, there has to be some sort of difference between the way they develop. If you're suddenly disconnected from what you're used to, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not exact, I would think you'd go into shock or something. <laughs> Did he go into shock? Yeah, after he was told what it was, not, not yeah. directly after he was thrown out of the Matrix. Right, and also remember that... The movie itself proves that the Matrix isn't a perfect copy of reality, right? No. They have glitches. Remember, deja vu. You see Mm -hmm. the cat twice. And that's how they like to explain away deja vu. But also that not only can the agents manipulate it, but also so can um, Neo. They admit to fixing errors within the Matrix all of the time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So are they saying that those people that notice the differences in the Matrix, we would view them as crazy people, maybe? Whose neurological development wasn't great? Is that what causes Neo? Is that maybe he's in, maybe his perception of the Matrix is off a little bit? That it's not that he's developing neural pathways that somehow allows him to manipulate the program? Guess so. Which is the part that I don't know if we'll ever be able to do that. No, that's a he good question. He puts I up like his that. hand and he's like, oh, and then it just, Who was the person know. that asked that question? That was uh, uh, old friend uh, Fluffy Foxy. Thank they, you, Fluffy Foxy. been commenting for a while. Uh, okay, so microblogonism says use the destruction to estimate wind speed. So if you have a Doppler radar and measure the wind speed, di- wind speed directly, you can assign the rating to it without seeing its destructive power. And that's probably right. It's probably right. Remember, we don't tornadoes don't last for hours on end where we can dispatch someone out to get the readings. We don't know which direction they're going. I'm not saying you're wrong. You could, I suppose, find out what the destructive power is. But remember, the wind outside of the tornado itself isn't the only destructive part of the tornado. The funnel is equally as destructive. And the winds winds intensify intensify the closer you get to the the core of the tornado. So you may be picking up, you know, you could be 100 yards away, 200 yards away from the tornado, and the winds that are blowing past you aren't terribly destructive, but as you get closer, they increase in intensity. And the big problem with tornadoes is the length of time that they're on the ground. And there have been scientists who have been chasing tornadoes their whole life, and they never get that close to them because they can't predict where they're going to land. So getting exact readings of the speed, by the time they get someone out there to test the speed of the wind and they actually get lucky and they're right there, the tornado's gone already. Mm -hmm. So the only way that they had to be able to determine what the destructive power of the tornado was, was based on its aftermath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so Micro also says that town would have a tornado shelter, which it probably would. Yes, it would. <clears throat> Yellowstone is fine. It has a series of earthquakes like that all the time. If it was actually going to erupt, there would be a very clear rise in the terrain. 
I That's true. I warned that they made measurements that showed it was rising. It's though, under the lake. Right? But it is rising, there is a, though, is it There not? is, uh, from what I understand, that there is a dome forming under one of the lakes in Yellowstone. Nice. But I don't know how quickly and I don't know how intense it is. Well, good. If it erupts under the lake, the lake will put out the fire. That's right. That's they, how they, they, nature they, works. Exactly. It won't shoot superheated steam in every direction. It's incinerating oh, well, everything It'll hurt in its you best. more than it'll hurt me because I'm farther it won't away. <laughs> mix with the volcanic ash and become a death mudstorm. You know, it'll probably just help form a pyroclastic um, flow. cloud. Yeah, py- pyroclastic flow. Things. That'll be nice. Yeah, it'll block and out then, some of the sun's light and then slow down great. climate change. Oh yeah, that'll be. It'll be a win-win for us. Yeah. Only half Jesus. the United States would be covered in black ash, but, you know. At this point, we just go, oh, that too? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, dude. By the way, they lied. Neowise is on its way back. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, it's only three miles wide, so I mean, it's not. <laughs> the, one that, the one that killed the dinosaurs was supposedly way bigger than that. So three miles, I mean, we'll survive, but it'll not, also throw more ash into the air. Not, not by much. Huh. If Neo hit us it would at three miles, it, it, it would be bad. It would hurt us pretty badly, but yeah, it wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't be a life and uh, 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 it wouldn't be one of those. Um, uh, what do you call it? Epoch events where it kills. It kills most of the life on the planet. An extinction level event. That's the word I was looking for. You would be surprised. A three mile wide one, and I don't uh, know. Depending on where it struck and how hard. I'm pretty sure that the one that hit, that is supposedly hit and killed the dinosaurs. It didn't kill the dinosaurs, but okay. Was the asteroid? I, see, I, I looked this up just the other. Yeah. But um, it could have been between um, 10 kilometers, which is about six miles. That's twice the size. And that yeah. wasn't, that wasn't, it was extinction for quite a few species, but not, not all of them. In fact, that's <laughs> how we got here. There were also contributing factors that would, that were helping the dinosaurs go go dead bye-bye. Well, they're not, I mean, they're not completely bye-bye. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to figure uh, out why my dog here. has decided right now to just start barking. Go kill it. I'm going to kill it. Lily, come here. I've always wanted to kill a dog, you know? <laughs> That's like one of the worst things you can say ever. Yeah, it is. It is. Lily, come here. And yet you still remain friends with me. I don't understand. Oh, because I love you. Aw. Get up here. Lily? I've been collecting dog skulls. No. All of this is staying in. Get up here. All this is staying in. I... <laughs> don't care. All right. Someone well, we gotta... can tell me when a dog barks at nothing. Please let me know. Get up here. Now. They hear shit that you don't hear. That's what it I is. I know. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. She hears a motorcycle about a mile and a half away. Uh, she hates my motorcycles. My ex's dog, a big giant Great Pyrenees, barks every time a police officer drives by. <laughs> I was like, they can't. I mean, they don't. They don't see radar or something, do they? How do they know? How does he know that it's a cop? But every time, sure enough, he was a pup when he when they got him. No mm-hmm. one trained him to do that. He just sees mm-hmm. a cop car and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hates cops. Good. I mean, well, I mean, Jeez. bad. That's good. <laughs> it's a small town. I mean, they're still racist. On but with it's a the small questions. Town. Sorry, that's my it. dog. That's the end of the us. questions. That's all of them. Yeah, that's all of them. Yay! Hey, how about you describe this movie that we're gonna we're gonna pick the science apart? Annihilation. Annihilation is a 2017 film about a young lady who has suddenly lost her husband because he decided to go on a secret, secret mission into this place called Area X. Oh, he no. disappears. He didn't tell her that's where he was going, but he disappears for more than a year. And when he comes back, he's extremely strange. On the way to the hospital, <laughs> dun, 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 
federal agents pick them up and take him away because he suddenly uh-huh. bursts into violent red snot. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, um, as as it turns out, uh, she both he and she were in the military, and she opts to go into Area X along with another expedition team. Uh, to find out what this is, and the, essentially what ha, what has happened is a small. We don't. They don't tell you what it is, but it, I I I believe it's a small meteorite collides with an area of of the coastline at right at a lighthouse. Hardy In Har-har. Florida. Yeah, and as it as it strikes, it it begins to affect the time, life, and space around the specific area, manipulating like I just said, the time, life, and space in the area. It is now. So from the time when they first, when it first hit, until the time when uh, Natalie Portman decides, Orlina decides to go in, mm. it is now several several kilometers, or I believe it's actually like fifty kilometers in diameter. It's taken over a lot of the coast. Okay. Um, and once they and go in, what is in, the boundary called? The shimmer. The shimmer. The shimmer, and it is a. It looks like pastels. It looks like someone, some kid, took their pastels and threw it at a chalkboard. It's just nice, it's, but still. <laughs> It's kind of like um, an oily, um, pastel-y, soap-bubbly kind of smear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then and, they go in, right? Yeah. And she goes in with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. And then some weird shit happens. A lot of weird leaves. shit happens. All by herself. Guess what happened to everybody else? I don't need to tell you, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in the book. Three One of them, them turns three, into a bush. Three of them survive. <laughs> No, We're no, 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 that's not what book, happened. God damn it. That's, that's not what happened. She just walks off and disappears. No, I watched it. She's turning into a bush when she leaves. She literally is. Uh, you don't she, show that. You're just assuming that she is no, the bush. No, you see th- shit sprouting off of her as she's leaving. With She covers her face and she, she exits stage right and as she's doing so. She rounds a corner and she seemingly has disappeared. Right, but she's I'll have gone to watch more forest. closely next time because yeah. I always thought she just kind of walked off and, and she was acceptance. She was basically the metaphorical acceptance in the story. We are scientists, sir. Yeah. We don't care about metaphor. Met- the metaphor is in the science, so you can't tear it apart. I can too. No, you can't. <laughs> just like Neo being able to do triple kicks in the Matrix, people can do that in real life, but he wouldn't let me tell you that, and I'm telling you now. <laughs> Buttholes. The whole point right. is, if it happens in the movie, we're supposed to see if it's scientifically possible. So, what do we got? We got okay. the shimmer. Oh, I wanted to do with the impact. Okay, go with, go for it. Since they never explain what it is, like I said, I assume it's some sort of meteorite bringing uh, some uh, some other force to our mm-hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it is actually a solid object that that made it through the atmosphere, like like mm-hmm. they said, uh, a few meters across. I'm pretty sure that it would decimate the lighthouse. A few, uh, it if it actually more hit than just the ground, the lighthouse. <laughs> it would have made a crater and a, and a nice an big wave. Crater. Yeah. Do we ever see an impact crater? Well, we see the womb underneath underneath the lighthouse because that's <sighs> what that's it is. But that's under the that's under the lighthouse. But that's no, it hits it hits goes through and then bores through the ground. That's what that is. It's a fucking womb. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I get that. That's how they describe it, and yeah. I get that. That's what happens in the film. But we're talking about an object that is falling from space. Oh, no. It would have made a huge fucking crater. (laughs) Right. Now, if it was somehow controlled, like it was some sort of super advanced technology that we can't comprehend, and it came in slower and bored into the ground, 
that would be more acceptable. Like like it's, like it bored into the ground, it went underneath the lighthouse, it created this structure underneath the lighthouse, mm-hmm. right? That, even though we wouldn't have any way to scientifically examine what that was, that is more acceptable than it was a meteorite that struck at impact speeds, and it was two meters across when it hit. It would there would they be do a actually sizable... show it entering the atmosphere in real time though, don't they? Yeah. they? it's only it's only a few second clip, but it's like mm-hmm. right. and then light, and then all of a sudden, all that happens is light comes out. <laughs> comes out right. Yeah. That tells us is they they don't have an actual footage of the impact site, so it's possible it slowed down and just you know burrowed in, mm-hmm. right? Because everything around that would have been flattened mm-hmm. had it hit had it hit at speed. Okay. So maybe maybe there's some sort of you know micro uh, you know micro technology involved, right? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that there's some. Well, even in the movie, like I like you don't you don't want to recognize the book, but even in the movie, they recognize that what happens inside of Area X stays in Area X. No, um, it <laughs> what happens and what well, kind of does, but. What happens in Area X, uh, the way that life is manipulated, the things that happen to it, it's just a thing that happens, not that it's actually controlled by an alien force mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just it's just what happens as a result. It's it it does this to rocks. Like there are, mm-hmm. if they're right around the lighthouse when in the end of the movie when she approaches the lighthouse, there are actually spindles that look like trees coming out of the sand. Silicon and, trees. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah. I, so what? So what? So what they've surmised throughout the movie is that it manipulates life. So they probably took. So it's like it's like it just said, okay, I want to take it, but all I have is this. All I have mm-hmm. is this to make a structure that is like life, and so it makes these these spindles these that look like trees mm-hmm. out of out of sand, so silicon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, so it, it. I don't think of it as uh, so. Going back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would. I just think that they fucked up and didn't realize that it shouldn't be. <laughs> they should. It shouldn't be something that is a solid object traveling through the mm-hmm. atmosphere at thirty thousand miles an hour. You know, mm-hmm. that would. That would just be destructive as hell. Now they, while they're inside of the what they call Area X, mm-hmm. they're looking for previous expeditions. No expedition has ever come back, except for you know, uh, her son, her husband, came. Her, her husband. Yeah, yeah. And they have found video cameras, uh, not video cameras, but videotape of one of the things that happened as they were traveling through. Right. Well, two, but the last one is the, two. Is the, is the cool one. <laughs> Actually, no, the, the first one is pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. And, it was, now, and it involves her husband in the, both of them. Yeah. Uh, which one was it? Tessa Thompson. I can't remember her name. She's a physicist, right? Yep. And what she's saying, what she says is, Shh, the electronics aren't being blocked by the shimmer. They're being refracted. They're being refracted, mm-hmm. right? That they're being scrambled. That um, refraction seems to be the thing that it's doing to, to everything, right? Everything, yeah. right? Now, there's a couple of problems with using the word refracted mm-hmm. because refraction doesn't really work that way. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, there are. Well, it also well the, the odd the oddball thing that gets thrown in there just so it I mean. It is. It also refracts time. Yeah, it's, it, it, it does. The it shimmer does, refracts. They everything. walk in, and and then all of a sudden you see them, and they're already around a camp that they set up, and they're like, I don't remember anything after the, after we walked through the shimmer. 
if right. we've been here for a few days, possibly a week. Mm -hmm. So refraction um, is a very specific property mm -hmm. of usually usually light, mm -hmm. but um, refraction can be can be used in you know other um, in other media. Um, but how would we use that explanation for DNA? Oh, I, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think you may have read, you may have read the exact same article that I read that first came up when you. I had to do a lot of research on this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's kind of a fluke. It's kind of a fumble the way that the person explains it in the article because it doesn't. I mean, light, light, light's effect on ultraviolet light's effect on on uh, DNA is that it causes thiamine dimers, which are um, basically. <laughs> When the when the DNA gets a kink in it, uh, the the bonds the bonds between the A to T, T to T to G, uh, um, A to C, mm -hmm. <laughs> you got they're gonna kill me in the comments. A to T, <laughs> G to C, those bonds are broken, and then the the T and the A will connect together, or the G and the C will connect together like mm -hmm. in a loop, and that causes a loop, a kink in the DNA, which is what inevitably causes skin cancer. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not something it's not happy. It's not a good thing. No. No. But uh, our, our DNA also can take um, light and use it to help you synthesize your own vitamin. I forgot D. D yes, which is a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as it saying, oh, I'm just gonna take this light and then move around your hawk's gene, like it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna turn you into a funny plant. <laughs> like, right? No, no, no. At one point, she discovers, you know, uh, this bush that has several different kinds of flowers on it. Yeah. And she says that they seem to be expressions of different genes Hoxtein. creating something new. Right. Yeah. Um, and the Hoxstein... Oh, wait. Did you know... Did you were going to say this? No, go ahead. Okay. Go uh, for it. A Hoxstein in evolutionary development is essentially the thing that says... From from the egg, you are this part. You are you are going to be a uh, a bone cell. You are going to be an eye cell. You are going to be a butthole cell. Mm -hmm. You're you're going to be this. You're going to be that. It's a, essentially how it develops. So so you have you know trillions and trillions of cells. How what what defines the, this blueprint? Well, Hox genes are the ones that define this blueprint. They're the ones that say. You're an eyeball cell. You're not just an eyeball. You're not just an, an, an you know, a, a, a cornea, you know, you, or or the, or this. You're you're this specific cell. You're the you're the cell that's right above the eyebrow, you know, mm -hmm. and and grows, uh, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. And she's and what? she's saying that it would cause the plants to look like funny people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean the 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 <laughs> right exactly. They, there's a moment in the film where people are there are these bushes that look like bushes or plants that look like people. And she uses that as an explanation that the plant uses used those genes. Human hawks genes. Human. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about trans gene transference. <clears throat> Horizontal gene transfer. Uh, well, that is a thing that's possible um, for it to be between a human and a plant. I mean, we've mm -hmm. done some pretty wacky shit right now, but I, I haven't seen that. Um, I don't think it's, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, regardless of what they say in the movie, that it's refract, you know, it, it's it's refracting everything that's in there, it still doesn't give us a, a mechanism for which that could occur, right? Other than maybe it is causing damage, but I mean... 
for a living organism, if it's not in the gene part, when the when the for example, if you had the sperm and the egg, they got together, they're starting to combine, and that's when you start making changes. But I mean, for adults, most changes to our DNA just result in cancer, mm-hmm. and that's about uh, it. Uh, no, 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 no. To be a hundred percent. Okay, most, go for it. most mutations are actually negligible because of the wobble effect. They have no mm, effect on okay. you whatsoever. However, right. over time, the older mm. that you get, the more like because of the the uh, accrue you accruing these slight mutations. Over time, more likely you are the older you are, the more likely you are to get cancer. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, in the yeah. beginning of the movie, Portman silent. Says, That's the word I'm looking for. A silent yeah. mutation. Portman says that the process of biological aging is uh, like a flaw. Uh, we say, in she our says DNA. a flaw in our genes, and I'm like, no, it's yeah. it's, it's not that. It's I mean, not like, that. there are we don't know there are inevitable everything. clocks that tell a gene to tell a uh, cell when it should die, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, I believe in most cells, except for. Um, Oh, I'm gonna go blind if I try to think of this one right Hela now. Hela cells. No, the ones that uh, uh, the ones that uh, only divide only they divide uh, more slowly. Uh, sh- fuck oh. me. Tip of the tongue syndrome. You know, you mean? Are you talking about uh, neurons? Stem cells. Uh, stem cells. They divide, cells. but not not as often as the but rest. But there is of them. a there is a very famous example of cells that are just they just they're just keep going. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Hen- Henrietta Lacks's. Uh, but don't they cells. keep? Yeah, they just they don't they keep feeding They're them just, though. Huh? <laughs> they weren't no, adding those new cells. cells. Were obtained from Henrietta Lacks like sixty years ago. Uh huh. And they're still going. As long they're as they get, dividing, they get fed, right? They're still dividing. They're still alive. They're not dying. They're human cells. Granted, they're cancer cells, but they're it's still the, going. But it's the length of the telomere that will usually, usually, it once it usually, once it becomes short right. enough, it starts you you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, you, you'll start to see the effects, you know, around actually, well, but starting at around 30, but you know, <laughs> their, their cells, those cells, those HeLa cells aren't aging. They are technically immortal. Mm-hmm. And that's why her cells have been the most extensively, you know, studied cells ever because they're trying to figure out how is this possible? All cells die. So mm-hmm. that's that's she the must big have, question. She regards, must have so. infinite telomere. No, no. <laughs> that's impossible. Or, or she has some mechanism that adds that adds those extra... That repairs, the, that adds telomere to the ends of the yeah. DNA strand so it stops fraying. You know, that's the fan theory for um, uh, old Logan. Oh, was really? that inevitably inevitably he could continue healing uh, and that but the, the flaw was that the flaw was that there was inevitably a mutation in one of his genes that that made it so that his telomeres began to shorten mm-hmm. so that's why his he doesn't heal as fast right yeah well anyway um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see um Honest to say, very accurate were the scenes where they're shooting the machine guns. There was those mm. were odd. Every single every single scene, I, I what I saw was very militaristically accurate, which is also, I guess, scientifically accurate. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Not really. Okay. Um, let me see. There was another. Let me see. Has we have we ever seen anything like the Shimmer? Anything that does that, other than worm? We, we haven't seen wormholes, but we have seen black holes. Um, but that a black hole near Earth. <laughs> That would fuck the shimmer up. doesn't doesn't appear to be an a uh, astronomical event, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, all of us are in space. Everything's an astronomical event. My friend but, did that to me the other day. He was like, "But you are." I said, "I want to get shot in space," and he goes, "But you are in space." And I'm like, <laughs> uh, "How about off the planet?" Like, he's like, "Just jump." Right. 
Right. And it yeah. appears that the Shimmer is biological in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Or has intentions towards biology anyway. Or... Well, or something like that. I mean, I would hate to think that there is a naturally occurring physical phenomenon that could do what the Shimmer does, right? This whole refracting thing that is bullshit. But <laughs> that could potentially do this kind of gene transfer, do this kind of uh, interaction to DNA. Um, I would I would like to say no. I mean, the closest thing we have is on occasion... Chernobyl. You know, <laughs> radiation, yeah, radiation yeah. can um, sometimes interact with organisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've experimented on it. Well, we've done I, it I mean, I, flies forever. I hate to say this, but... Uh, well, not hate to say it, but, I mean, evolution itself. I, I mean, uh, it's uh, not... Not well. Yes, necessarily the mixing, but not necessarily the mixing. Um, it's just right. diversifying away rather than together. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's still part of the randomness of it, right? Breakages in DNA happen, but they're random. This is directed, right? Uh, well, not technically, not always random, but yeah. In order for the changes <laughs> in the animals and the plants that we see in the shimmer to, to it is occur. direct. It is directed, but you're saying random as if you mean incalculable, and I'm saying I'm saying no, the process of evolution is not is not random. There's mm-hmm. we yeah. Well, either way, I'm just I'm just fucking with you because you know it's my favorite right. subject. Usually, um, we can track these kinds of changes with animals that reproduce quickly a lot. Yes. Right. Hence, fruit flies. Right. Um, but I mean, we're talking about now, uh, this natural is the selection. I had. I'm sorry, not the process of evolution, but natural right. selection. I know one the of these shimmer... doodoo's is going to correct me. All right. How long had the shimmer been? Oh, it was a few years movie? at this point. It was a few years. There is a full-grown fucking alligator with shark teeth in the shimmer. Well, that's just because they had sex. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The implication for for an alligator that size. To be that size would mean that it is very old, right? That is one of the biggest alligators I've seen on screen. It wasn't like, you know, uh, exaggerating. It wasn't like... No, no. I saw an alligator that was... uh, I saw a video on Reddit the other day where they were carrying an alligator in a a forklift. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Not a forklift, but a... um, uh, a backhoe in the sleigh mm-hmm. in the sleigh of the backhoe and oh, it yeah, was, it was draped huge. across it and it looked it looked like you know small dinosaur size well I'm sorry uh, <laughs> alligator no al- well al- I'm sorry alligator sized it was fucking huge mm-hmm. yeah. it was at least two men long two two average men long but yeah to have shark teeth no that's not I mean yeah no, it, it's the only thing that I could think that could even be close to that is that there are um uh, there are mute, uh, not mutations, but um, certain certain genes that will crop up in animals that mm. used to be there that are shut off. Like, well, I um, guess, like, but I mean, well, listen, listen. So, okay, uh, go, there go, go. have been uh, there have been instances of chickens suddenly growing teeth. Now, how far back was the last time that bur- uh, birds or avian dinosaurs had teeth? Well, quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but but that was something that, that was already there. And then the gene right. that controlled them from shutting off was turned on. Right. But how far back do we have to go to give an alligator shark teeth? They probably haven't had a lineage together for hundreds of millions of years at this point. Yeah, quite a bit. We'd be just as likely to grow shark's teeth as an alligator. My thing is, is that we have a, a full-grown creature... The growth rate of an alligator can be anywhere between 2 inches a year to 12 inches a year, and that alligator was 13 feet, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
So and it, t- <laughs> it took a shit ton of bullets to take it down too. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that's true. He was also an albino. Uh, he was he? Oh no, I was thinking yeah. it was because he was white because of the because it was <coughs> mi- mixed with shark. Um, sharks aren't white as a general rule. Well, they're grayish, right? But I yeah, mean, grayish. They have white bellies. What happens when you I mean, mix gray with with green? I mean, granted, there are sharks out there that have no white on them. It's at a all, fucking giant alligator but... with shark teeth, dude. <laughs> And it also seemed to have the properties of being able to swim faster than it normally would have. Did you see the way right. that it came out of the water, too? It was oh, like, yeah, yeah. That was something that you would see a fucking shark do. It, Actually, it what's definitely funny is had I, a lot more strength. Yeah. The bigger the alligator gets, the harder it is for it to be on land. Um, I love that what they chose was the meeting, the meeting of two extant species that haven't really had to evolve that much in quite a long time. That's interesting. Yeah, sharks, uh, great white From shark. Well, if it was a great white shark, um, uh, or and and a that species of alligator, uh, they're yeah. I mean, quite a long time back, their their fossil structure and their and it, it, it has not has not really changed that much because they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, that's, that James Vandermeer when he wrote it, he was like shark, shark. This one, this difficult one, this difficult. We smoosh so, them together. My my whole point is is yeah. that I don't think the shimmer has been there long enough for a baby or an alligator that's in an egg to grow that quickly. So it has to be interacting with creatures it, or that it had to have been there already that in, are alive. in the shimmer. Right, yeah. right, in the shimmer. And so it's doing these things doing the things to it actively, right, while it's alive. With almost no intermediary stages between the two. You start with a regular old alligator. He's like, doopy doop, and then the shimmer hits, and he slowly starts changing because of the shimmer's influence. Because there's a shark nearby. Now, we have seen rapid change, right, throughout the movie. Yeah. Her boyfriend has... It was it her boyfriend? Some One of the dudes on the videotape, he's got weird guts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, uh, they look like parasites squirming around like inside of huge, his stomach. yeah, right, exactly. And they hadn't been in the shimmer for that long. A uh, couple, oh, you were saying it, she it, didn't it, turn it, into a bush? No, he was there I for a year, dude. Was he there for a year? Yeah, he was missing for a year. Is a year long enough for that kind of transformative change without the without the creature dying? Right. Uh, it, it, no, but it just—it's just—it was like using the guy as a meat as a meat butt puppet, and then like you know, well, that's I, that's fine. But remember, they, when they cut that guy open, but also right. they leave him in the pool, and and mm-hmm. when he dies, what is left is a fungus that grows up the side of the wall. So it's not just yeah. some weird fish-like parasite inside of a human, but also a fungus that grows tree-like up the goddamn pool walls and into the pool and it looks like it looks like a throne it looks like something from game of thrones okay so what next question wait wait wait. so i wanted to add what you were saying before however okay the the she said if it's if it's the same if it's if it's a plant growing from the same from the same root structure it has to be the same species and I went, wait a minute, lady. I have literally seen people cut plants from different stalks and then put them into the stalk of another plant so that it will feed it more water and it will grow faster. And it will in- inevitably, feud- the two plants will fuse together. But are they two different species of plant? Yes. Yes. Okay, such as? I have seen somebody do that with different types of flowers. 
They take it. They need they need the stem of a flower to be fed a uh, either the root structure of another plant to be fed more water. Uh, I help it grow faster. Uh, they so will they, they will cut the stem. Together. They will graft them together and then rubber band them together uh, or or tie them together. This is actually I, I believe it was a it's an Asian thing, but also but also uh, American. I mean, I the video I watched I think was of a of a woman American woman doing it in a university nearby. But anyway, okay. she did it to like 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 tens of them on this one plant. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it can it can do that. But that was deliberate, not not literally and like a rose my, bush growing on a uh, on a hibiscus right. tree or here's whatever. Here's my question. What. Do the grafting, the grafted roots, and the grafted flowers combine their DNA? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know the answer to that question. They don't. Uh, the, the The grafted roots remain whatever plant it is, and the the graft to the flowers or whatever else remains whatever it is. You can graft different species. Now, this is one that I'm I'm more familiar with is that you graft you graft apple varieties. But you're grafting them to an apple, an apple tree, right? You take you take the graft, you put it onto the apple tree, and now it's growing the kind of apple that you want off of this, off of this. You have to, Don't you have to graft for certain species. Apple tree mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so they're still getting fed. They're still getting nutrients through the trunk system, through the through the system of the tree itself. But the apples that are being produced are of a different variety, mm-hmm. and that's that's closer to. To that actually i'm now really curious if that's the case i don't believe that they actually changed their dna over time to become a brand new thing i think that it remains separate you know who probably knows micro <laughs> yeah maybe we should have invited him on for this one. Oh well so there's a bear in this movie a bear who eats their friend and uh, drags her off the- screaming help me right and then the bear comes back <laughs> and the bear is screaming help me it's not. It's not like help me. It is like being dragged out of its throat. Like you can hear. You can me. definitely hear. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, it's still imitating a human voice. It. So there's at their explanation in the book is that the same thing that's happened with the shark. The shark alligator is that when the bear ate the girl, she became a part of the bear, and it was what? suffering. <laughs> it was suffering, and that's why it was saying help me. Whenever we eat anything, it becomes a part of us. No, but but what kind of fucked not, up nightmare would it be is if we ate, you know, I ate, I had a nice steak for dinner, and then I started growing hooves out of my back or, or something like that because of, And I guess, you became all domesticated and crawling around the yard. <laughs> I throw huge udders and start no. spilling noxious That is the creepiest the part of the whole fucking film. It is even, even it's more <laughs> creepy than the ending. So they're saying that the bear ingested her and it picked up genetic traits from what it ate. Yeah. Which in this case included a set of vocal cords capable of imitating human speech patterns. Yeah. Okay. Can that happen? (laughs) No. However, there are many animals that can imitate human voices. Birds. Yeah, no, no birds. I'm not saying that's impossible. Uh, I have heard it. cats and dogs that can be taught to say words in pretty close approximation to words, not that they know what they're saying. No. Um, and not chimpanzees or any. Yeah, no, I don't. No. I mean, they can, but they can speak sign language. It means having vocal cords. I don't. What can you name any other animals that can that can mimic human? That can mimic people. Yeah. Other than other than birds. Other than birds, not and, really. Well, dogs. I mean, but I wouldn't really consider that. 
Um, I would. Uh, that's that's pure mimicry. That's that's a dog's desire to make its owner yeah. happy. But then also the but the bear seems to be consciously aware of Seth. Like I'm suffering. Right. Uh, I don't think the bear me. is saying it's suffering. No, I think I it's using it as a call to um, eat more people. Yeah. Right. It's using it as a lure. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> I uh, I would agree. I I would agree that a structure like that in another animal is possible. I have never ever ever seen it in a mammal other than humans that can imitate human speech. Well, as well as that bear, not at all. Right? Yeah. There um, was a problem that I had again. The bear must have been just a dopey bear walking around until the shimmer hit. Mm-hmm. So how rapidly would it have to adjust its genes in order... Because was it the same night that it came back? The next day or two days later? Was it two days later? Yeah. So we are literally talking about massive change very quickly. Mm -hmm. That's what the shimmer does. Uh, The shimmer's breaking the laws of physics. And then it goes... I've, you know, and then you give birth to a dog. We have species. <laughs> we have species that can regrow limbs. We have we have yeah. lizards that can regrow their tails. How long does that usually take? We can grow regrow most of our liver. I know we can. Isn't that How amazing? long does that take? Oh, I don't know. I never looked it up. Actually, I'm gonna have months. To <laughs> like months, yeah. But you can. Yeah, that's the only thing that we. This is. I'll give you my liver. You want some liver? So what I'm talking about is the rate of change that that there are physical very quick. limitations. No, it's not possible. It's not scientifically possible. Yeah, it's not scientifically possible. We can't change. But that then quickly. again, the shimmer also seems to manipulate time. Okay, so it's manipulating time, right? Yeah. In what fashion? Uh, it is speeding up time within the shimmer and slow for relative to the rest of time uh, outwards. Because in the beginning of the movie, he, she says, "I think days, weeks, maybe," and he says, "You were in there for four months." So if right. if if what's if uh, Kane was in there for a year of our mm-hmm. time, uh, he probably only experienced what he would consider a few, like a month, two months, maybe, right. So we're talking about uh, time. Uh, and if it's been there for six years, our time. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, it's making time go slower inside of it, isn't it? Yeah, it huh. is. Well, or acting weird, anyway. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. there are, I mean, it's only been a year since then, and there's like, ah, all right, well, I don't what know. What else can cause time disparity? Black holes. Black holes could do it, sure, if we ever get close enough to test it. Oh, well, also, um, well, <laughs> no, I was, that's just funny. It doesn't matter. I was going to say your feet experience time differently than your head because of gravity. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> You, they do. It's only it's but ever what's so the slightly, most, it's, but it's they do. It's the most famous thought experiment ever. What traveling at the speed of light? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, that I mean that's time distortion would occur. The faster you the faster you get towards the speed of light, time would slow down for the person traveling. But everywhere else, it would be sped up. Right. Oh, okay. Somehow, somehow, the shimmer is doing this. Time is slowed down in the shimmer, as if they were traveling close to the speed of light. And the, or closer, else outs- anyway. I mean, yeah, outs- someone outside of the shimmer is experiencing time at their at their relative speed, right? So I'm not going to say normal time because there's no such thing as I think normal time because time is relative. So how in the world is this soap bubble? distorting time to such a degree that it's as if they were traveling close to the speed of light. I don't know. I mean, in in that article that I think that you were reading, that was the same one that I read, uh, they said something about... Actually, they said correctly, because this is something that I... There was that my... 
I had a friend try to tell me that when, and I was just sitting there smiling because I didn't want to be that asshole jerk, but he was saying, when, when light enters water, it slows down. Mm. And of I said, it does. wait, the light does not slow down. The light is always, always moving at light speed. It is bouncing between the molecules and takes longer to come out, but it is always, always traveling at light speed. The light does not slow down. So the refraction of light still would not slow it down. The only thing that would slow it down is a black hole. That I, does it slow down into black hole or does it speed up? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not even that it slows down, I think. Uh, there's, a, there's something else involved, this principle. But it's still moving at light speed, but it's just it's just going like... <laughs> right? Um, but anyway, yeah, so the, no, the shimmer wouldn't mm -hmm. affect light speed that way either, unless somehow it, it did, unless that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So they're right. saying that the refraction of the refraction of light, ultraviolet or otherwise, in the in within the shimmer, is not only refracting this space and the biology around it, but also time. But how mm -hmm. and why? How not why? But how? I don't know why. It's because there is mm -hmm. no why. That's pretty much the philosophy of the movie. I do have a possible bullshit explanation. Sure. Based in physics. So. There was a theory for a little while of something that's called quantum foam. Okay. It's in relation to um, the ability to travel faster than the speed of light by using wormholes. Okay. And that at the creation of the universe, there is some areas that they would call quantum foam. Bubble-like structures that where time behaves differently on the inside rather than on the outside. Perceived from the outside, you are experiencing time relative to yourself and your speed, but inside, time is working differently than normal. Now, this has never been proven. It's only a theoretical, um, physical, um, um, physical anomaly, I guess you would call it, that it's kind of a, a leftover from the creation of the universe, mm -hmm. that this quantum foam could possibly exist. So maybe the the wait wait. Um, so what does the quantum foam do? What does it do? That's just it. You experience time differently on the inside than on the outside. The idea oh, okay. would be is if you could find I'm actually quantum <laughs> quantum foam bubbles that connect to each other, that you would be able to travel through space time immediately if you could somehow transverse from one bubble to the other. Right through the right. membrane or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm not talking about literally a bubble, but what if what if the shimmer is quantum foam? What if it's the, an expression of quantum foam where time is behaving differently on the inside than it is on the outside of it? Um, sure. Would that also explain the effects on biology? I mean, yeah. But nope. I, actually, yeah, it would. <laughs> because say it were like taking it were there. It's like it's like here, and then you walk through it, and it's like, oh, thanks. And it just takes little pieces of things, and then another animal walks through, and it goes, <laughs> and then like. But what would it be about the nature of this thing that would want to take very specifically DNA and move it? Why wouldn't it work on any of our mono, on any of our molecules or atoms? for that matter maybe it does because Ooh, there's quite a there's actually again like in the in the movie they don't show it all no but there are there are just if effects like there are there mm. are certain effects within the within the thing where it's like within the within the movie where it's like okay a human mm. being you just told me earlier that a human being stands up and turns into a flowered plant shaped like a human being mm-hmm so let's talk about her husband. Her husband? Okay. He kills himself. <laughs> oh, I want you want to talk about fa uh, fa uh, phos uh, phosphate 
Um, with the 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 um, phosphorus, was, the uh, phosphorus grenade. Yeah, phosphorus. Yeah. That is actually pretty accurate. That's, that's pretty. That's a pretty accurate yeah. too, because it burns like that and it burns for a long time. Phosphorus mm-hmm. once exposed to oxygen. Uh, white phosphorus once exposed to oxygen is very volatile, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, red phosphorus needs to be, uh, I believe, ignited. Um, but yeah, it will it will burn right through a human being like that. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it'll burn through metal. It'll burn through tons of and stuff. And stone. Mm-hmm. And stone, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, but the reason he he kills himself is because he lost he his identity. Being, he's did he lose his identity or was he? Dude, duplicated? this whole fucking story is about identity. That's what it. What are Hawks genes again? <laughs> identity blueprint. That's the metaphor of the story. Hmm. He. That's what he says. He says, "I thought I was Kane." Okay. And he's not anymore. Um, the thing is, she she goes into the shimmer after after her husband exits, not to find this guy, this other thing, because she thinks that is her husband. She goes in there because she feels like she never knew the guy. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that if she went in, she would understand why he would suddenly walk away from their relationship. Right, right, right. Right. Even though she knows it was because... She was cheating was on him. She was in the shimmer. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah. But then when she, but, when she exits, she kind of gets it. But that's story. Yeah, we, that's, we need to do some story. Psychology, <laughs> psychology is a science, Jason. Whatever. I'll, I'll, I will shit in your mouth. It's a great science. So he, <laughs> he, he loses his self of he loses his sense of self. Right. Right. Is that a psychological sense of self, or is that a physical sense of self that he loses? Probably both. You think? Yeah. I don't know. She freaks out pretty badly when the entity that she finds under the lighthouse starts to become her. Yeah, and how the fuck did it get upstairs faster than her? I don't it never, know. They ne- <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. But either way, I was sitting there looking at this. I like I said, I think it's one of the most. I think it's one of the most beautiful scenes in any movie I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. The whole scene where it takes her blood and then starts dividing, and then and then all of a sudden it. it well, it, it also is from the doctor. That's a mixture of her and the other doc, the other doctor, uh, Jennifer Jason mm. Lee. <clears throat> the one that went poof. Yeah. Um, and it it starts to imitate her movements and act like her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mirroring. What it's she's mirroring doing. everything that it's doing. But I don't think it actually has a conscious awareness of anything that's going on. And when she kills it, I actually felt bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't necessarily being aggressive. Yeah. Right. She could have just now, walked did, away. And did, did you believe? So when she first sees it, it's this kind of blob. It, kind of like like it looks like a rock blob. I understand that the the designers based it on the Mandelbrot of uh, you mean the you know structure yeah yeah and so it's amorphous it's constantly moving it looks like it's alive but it doesn't appear to be life as we would know it necessarily and my interpretation has always been it is becoming us to understand us right yeah it's it, it didn't seem to have any you know bad intentions necessarily yeah but our our lead character then tricks it through the mirroring for it to destroy itself right now are you saying that that was like an automaton it was purely it was alive it was definitely alive but you're not thinking it was conscious no not in once it be well once it started to show her face and start to act like her then it would have become Uh like cain i think it would have been consciously aware and have brains and have a you know a pumping heart and all of Mm. those types of things 
but she kills it. And but the thing is, I, I think it 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 began to understand her. But when she exits, she takes some of it with her. She she well, her eyes flash in the end of the thing because yeah. she her identity is then changed because she takes some of this after she destroys the shimmer. She takes some of it with her, and obviously her husband is still alive. So if they mm-hmm. are to have biological children. They'll be fucking right. shimmer children, you know? Yeah, because at this point, they have yeah. both been affected by whatever the shimmer is, Yeah, right? And we've already gone through it. The, 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 what happens inside the shimmer seems very impossible. Very impossible, but beautiful. <laughs> I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm just saying it's very impossible. It's a great sci-fi story. It's a, it's a great, just a great basic story. Um, but we have to view these things as, okay, what is kind of... Because I know that the author consulted a, a scientist for a lot of the stuff that was happening inside of, the, inside of the Shimmer. But even they admit we have to do things based on the narrative rather than real science. Because if they had tried to base this on real science, the, the length of time it would take to change someone from one thing to Thus another... Is the, the problem with my book. <laughs> ...is... <laughs> Is that it would extend the time, the time allowed, the whole idea that there is a bubble that has time moving and it's slower in the inside than on the outside is a great scientific, uh, sci-fi uh, uh, trope. I'm not going to say it's trope because I don't think it's been used all that much. But Wait, that the, mean, the inside is the outside? I'm... No, the inside is moving, is experiencing time slower yeah, than yeah, on the yeah. outside. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Um, but when it comes right down to it, if you try to pick it apart... It does, doesn't seem to add up. If people don't know anything about genetics and don't know anything about how cells divide or don't know anything about you know, basic, basic biology, I would hate to think that someone thinks that this is possible. Right? I would hate for them to think, well, we'll be doing that pretty soon. I'll be able to stick a needle in my neck and I'll be able to grow wings or <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, do something like that. Um, and you see that that kind of fear expressed in our, our, our in media today. I mean, people are so some people are so fucking terrified of GMOs. It makes me sick. And because they yes, have this understanding from from movies about when, especially when it comes to gene science, all they're exposed to is science dude, fiction. I mean, dude, here, right dude, now, where's my genes? <laughs> the most the. The most accurate as far as time frames goes is when Jeff Goldblum turned into the fly, because that took a long time for him to do that. He didn't just come out of the other transporter door and he's, his splicing was like perfect and he was half fly or whatever, like in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but people get their misconceptions about what genes can and can't do based from the movies that they watch. Now, granted, I don't think a lot of the people that have problem with GMOs watch this movie. Maybe some of them did. I don't know. But when it comes to doing things like... I think that the ideas in it are interesting. I definitely do. But I also watch it with the knowledge of... That's not possible. Please stop <laughs> doing that. Because it's making they our population tried, dumber. Huh? They tried. I know. They tried. They tried. They tried. So... What kind of grade are you going to give okay, Annihilation? Unless there's something else you wanted to bring up. Um, no, no, I like I, I just because, like, like I said, just because I found it beautiful and I loved the score and I loved the writing and I loved the first book, mm-hmm. does not mean that the movie gets a pat like the best passing grade. I'm going and to, it's creepy as hell. Out, it's it is great... creepy as fuck. Some of the mm-hmm. music in there is like gut wrenchingly weird. Um, the whole bear scene oh. is so up upsetting. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give it a C minus. Okay. No. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a D minus. I'm gonna drop it down to a D minus. There's science there, right? Yeah. At least they have scientists exploring something, right? Like scientists are supposed to do. I wish they had just gone in without the whole. All of them have a problem. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that again, a... that's about that's in the book. It's, no, it's I know that's what that. That's I know that's about. the book. I get it. I get it. Um, and at least it was women in the STEM fields, right? Uh, that was yeah. good. No, and oh my God, can that guy write a woman? Yeah, yeah. He, you know, you know how he did it. He wrote a man oh. first, and then just changed all the pronouns <laughs> because then he wasn't constantly talking about her tits. <laughs> That's how I write a woman. That's how, I mean, if her boobs need to be involved, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, right. it has to. Right. But, I, you know, so why do you... Her boobs jiggled boobily down the stairs, you know? <laughs> she no. Breasted not once do we hear about her vagina or her boobs or, or how she needs to do her hair or her nails right. or anything like that. She's just a person mm-hmm. going experiencing some horrific shit. Trying yeah. to do a job. Yeah. Just trying to do a job. Um, were they were they uh, sciencing on the fly, making observations that couldn't possibly work? Yes, they were. But within the, within the context of the movie, oh my god, it's fine. I just realized you what know? you're gonna do to me. <laughs> huh? What? No, no, no. Somebody, Keep what? going. No, no, no. I I'm just gonna giggle if I'm right. Okay. All right. And so just, I already told you I'm giving it a D minus. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's not that. What? What is it? So Jason. What? What's what's what are we gonna do next time? What movie? Oh boy, it's my turn to pick the next movie. The human you know centipede. We you know what? We haven't done an alien in a, in a little while. Oh, okay. And there is a movie that would allow us to kind of examine the alien, see if that alien is plausible. And there's some high-tech stuff in there. We can examine if that stuff is plausible. And there's also a whole lot of action, explosions, and bullets. And we can see if what they did in that was plausible. They make a lot of things where men do outrageously athletic things. And we can see if they were even... If it was even possible for them to do that. Are you going to make me watch fucking Avatar? No, oh. fuck that. Oh. Are you oh. kidding? Oh, I'll give it an F but now. But that does I will give not me watch an idea. It. I protest. I would never. The movie that we're going to watch is one of the most badass movies ever made. Probably one of the greatest movies from the 1980s. It is still great today. Predator? And it, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. I the guy it. we always think about when we when we think about science, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, he is pretty it fucking It also smart. has Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that we're going to uh, study on the next show will be Predator. Neat. <laughs> I love this movie. And then Avatar. <laughs> no, it's my turn next. And if you ever choose Avatar, I'll quit this friendship. <laughs> so we're reading Dracula. <laughs> oh, no. So that's it. Thank you, everybody, for visiting this. I'm tired. Because we put my the science in boobies. <laughs> no. And Natalie Thanks Portman's Thanks for visiting jugs. the Institute once again. And then... This has been Podcast Professor Jason Harding. And remember, here at the Institute, we put the science in in fiction. fiction. Say your name and say goodbye. I'm Atticus Blake, and I don't do science. I do, but I don't. (laughs) I love it, but I don't don't do it. You do more science than I do on a daily basis. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) What, scratching my balls? Uh. Sure. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good good evening. In the morning. Good morning. 
Buenos días. Buenas noches. What if one of our fans is an astronaut and they're up in space right now? Technically, there's no day or well, there is day or night, but I mean it's very short. They might have started listening during the day and finished at night. No. You don't know. No. Neutral sayings. <laughs> Have we don't want the daytimers felt left feeling left out, do we? Good siesta. Have they're going to bed now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. You're going to bed as soon as I we're am. Done. You need to let it me go. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at lemmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Let Me Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast or any of the other podcasts that Lemmy Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Lemmy Listen Podcasts, or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.